with a cane pole in his hand. Pocket full of trim sitting down by the street. The leads him to the corpus play. Give him a shotgun to please his mind. Give them quail a few reasons to fly. Living in the city just ain't for me. I want to go back to the country. Take me to Texas. I want to go down that open road. Take me to Texas. I want to see how far this country goes. Take me to Texas. I want to go down that open road. Take me to Texas. I want to see how far this country goes. your coffee cup, put the dog on the porch, and turn up your radio. This is the Outdoor Zone with TJ and Cody Ryan, live from the bunkhouse. There's a place up ahead and I'm going, just as fast as my feet can fly. Come away, come away. All right, man. <clears throat> man, I got to get some coffee to clear my throat and clear my thought process. Welcome, it's the Outdoor Zone Live in the Bunkhouse. Yeah, it's just an old tin shack on the back of the ranch, but we call it home every Sunday morning live, 7 to 9 a.m. Central. Sundays. 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 What did Remember I say? when we went? I say I Saturday? I think so. We moved to Sundays like, it's. I know it's only been like seven years, but it's all right. No, okay. four years. Well, two years. Sunday. And then we moved to Sunday. 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 Um, so, yeah. Welcome to the live portion. It, um, it, you may be listening to it as a podcast. It is podcast across every podcast platform. You can just hit the outdoor zone in your favorite podcast platform. Share us with your friends. You are the regulators. The reason we get up and do this show every week. And uh, love having you here. And we're celebrating like year what was it? I sent that thing out the other day. It's like year twenty-eight or something like that. No, no, yeah, no, no. uh because it was it was two thousand and one. Uh, was right. That's that, twenty that years. Was the newspaper article, and it was uh, we were on South Lamar doing the radio show live before that. Right. So probably been a while. Anyway, welcome. My name is TJ Granny. That is Cody Ryan. Yes, it is. And we are not in the bunkhouse this morning. We are not live from the bunkhouse from this. We are live from Grandma's over, Cabin. Grandma's Cabin in yep. Georgia. Yeah, we're out on the farm, out at the farm in Grandma's Farm. That's, That's right. Where I'm, where I'm based, and you are at... The Backwoods Bass Mobi- uh, Motel. No, Backwoods. I, just sound, I just thought that'd be a cool name for a motel, the Backwoods Bass. Uh, I'm at the Rayburn Inn Motel. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's uh, it's really a cool setup they have here. They've got rooms and giant parking lots. and it's I mean, it's a bass fishing They've community. They've obviously figured out that the bass guy pulling the bass boat with his pickup truck needed a way to back up plug in well and that's the beautiful thing i love fishing communities when you come to them because 
it makes such a huge difference. Like every parking spot in front of every room is an extended parking spot, meaning it's a very, it's a long parking spot. You can fit two cars in one parking spot because it's made to have your boat and your truck hooked up. That's right. And you know, and, and they know that you need power and be able to plug your boat in and do all those things right there. And so they got plenty of plug outlets and you plug your boat in and the electric doesn't pop and blow all the breakers and the, you know, well, it's, and, just, and the, it's set the, up for fishing. And I'm not that, saying any advertisement for <clears throat> any particular place. I'm just saying, but I stay love at the Rayburn Inn. Yeah. In East Texas. They the gave Rayburn me no Inn. special deal to say anything about this. So, I just love fishing communities is what I'm saying. And that's what well, I'm in. I'm in a fishing community. And, and I noticed too, that a lot of the, uh, parking lots in front of the little restaurants and stuff like that, they have, you can drag a boat right through there Oh yeah, over to the right side. You know, it's got a big old crushed gravel and you just pull on up in there and uh, it's, it's made for fishing. If you don't have a, you know, you, you don't even get looked at twice. If you got a bass boat behind dragging behind you and you park anywhere, whether you're at the grocery store, or the restaurant, and it's just part of life around here to have a bass boat hooked up to your truck. Hey, did so. you go see my little friend over at the gas station? You got to no, go. No, I'm actually her. staying on the other end of the lake. So I don't have to oh, make that long man. drive. You're on the bad, you're on the bad side of town. That's not I'm okay. Around saying. my little friend. So this little, little old lady who knitted in the, in the gas station, making dolls for kids and stuffed animals. And she was double dipping is what she was doing. She was making, she was sitting on somebody else's hourly clock while she's knitting, trying slinging dolls. One thing is she was working. So she was working. Oh yeah. You'd lose your biggest asset. She had that cigarette hanging out the corner of her mouth. She'd go, Get you some of those. Mm-hmm. Get you some of those honey buns over there. We got some worms in the back. Don't you need be some double manners. dipping on my clock. Need she needs manners. to be sweeping or something around there. No, she wasn't sweeping. She's working harder. Sweeping, than most. sweeping, oh, sweeping. Well, yeah, she's gonna sweep, sweep up her cigarette ashes from behind the camera. Yeah, and all her yarn from knitting on What's the clock. The, I can't believe you're dogging her for being a, calling her a double dipper, dude. She's like What's wrong. Your grandma you can't age. do that. You can't sit on that. She would not. She's she's <laughs> she she's was paying. forty years old. No, she was she's having to try and pay those. Uh, she was my Biden age. taxes that she's been crammed down her ear. So oh it's, my a, it's a tough thing for, to be a an old woman nowadays. Uh, <sighs> hey, what about the weather over there? It's uh, it's the forties out here in the country and. Oh, that's uh, nice. They, I would love the forties. The the snowpocalypse, the snowpocalypse is past. Yeah, and, we got uh, Austin. We, you guys got freaked out there for a couple of days. Now we didn't get freaked out. The state of Texas got ice, which we don't get. That's what the world doesn't understand is that in Texas you're not supposed to have ice <clears throat> accumulation ice, ice, on baby. roads, but. Uh, <laughs> I'm here in East Texas and, and I have, it's 27 degrees outside right now. I have absolutely no problem sitting on here and hanging out in the bunkhouse this morning for a couple hours. Why the ice melts? Well, the, uh, I flew out of 
Austin and first two days, pretty sketchy Had uh, had reservations on different airlines just to try and make sure I could get out. But I got to Atlanta on Friday and got to speak at eight 45 on Friday evening. It was great. Had 200 and something guys here in a, in a big arena and had a great conversation with them. And then the next morning got up, it was funny cause, uh, Friday night when we got done, it was late and we went to the waffle house to try and I thought maybe we'll grab a couple of eggs before we went back. Cause I hadn't eaten really dinner or anything. Went to the waffle house and there's only two people working a guy and a gal, but there was like 20 people in there and they had half the restaurant blocked off, but it was, it was going to be a while. It was going to be a while. So we went looking for a place and I found this Mexican bar and it was hopping, man. I mean, they had the, the music flying and the people were, you know, how, uh, Hispanic people, they dress nice when they go out. I mean, they're dressed real nice. And the music, they listen to the music real loud. But it was half bar, half restaurant. And we pulled up in there, and I said, I'll bet you they'll make us some food. And we got out and went inside there. And the restaurant part had just one little couple way over in the corner. And and we walked in, and the lady said, can I help you? And I said, yeah, we're just really hungry. Are you still cooking? And she said, yeah, come on in. I'll find you a seat. And she went over and she straightened up a table for us and sat us down. And we had the most fun sitting in there. Just everybody was dancing and doing what they're doing. And we were on the far side and we just had some ceviche and some, you oh, know, Lord. It, was, it was fun. It was good. And then, uh, and then we got back and anyway, it was quite the adventure and yeah, Hey, I've got no reads to Georgia. I, I'm going to tell you, I got no reads on this end. You have a uh, way to tell me about McBride's guns or what? Oh, McBride's guns. Why? Yeah, of course. Austin family owned and operated. You, you're talking about the Austin family owned and operated. Yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah. You're talking about whether I'm looking for a new rifle or shotgun or personal carry class. Those I was just can, telling you. Yeah, I don't have I don't those have folks that. that can help me. Well, that's McBride's guns. You're right. <laughs> McBride's oh guns. Goodness. They got a gunsmith on staff looking for a personal carry, uh, or a referral class for a personal carry. They got them. McBride's guns. You'll find McBride, same place they've been for years, corner of 30th and Lamar. Call them 472-3532 or online at McBride'sGuns.com. McBride's guns. They're our hometown gun shop. You know, I might have been early on announcing right. that, but I wanted to, you know, it just shows. The folks out there, the listeners, our friends, the uh, regulators, the regulators that 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 uh, we are real. That we, I mean, this isn't a scripted deal. I know it sounds that way. So often, it sounds so scripted that we've had these well thought out ideas and things we're going to say because no, because hola, the, <laughs> hola. Oh, look, oh, beef so steak that, decides to roll hey. into work. I just scraped hey, some. Did you get uh, you a couple I, of Tylenol, a, a jug of water, or what? I, I, I thought had, it was the lady who. I thought it was the, work, I thought it was the cook from the Mexican restaurant we were at the other day. <laughs> uh, I, I heard you work. all talking about that. No, I had to pee on the windshield this morning. It was thirty degrees. So yeah, it's colder than that here. Really. Uh, 24, I think, well, when I woke up. If it's below here. freezing, it doesn't count. It just is below freezing. 22 you know degrees. 22 degrees right now where I am. 
Oh, that's, that doesn't matter. That does matter. That's gold, baby. I'm so, so happy I'll to tell be you on, what, I put on air a, with y'all. I put a towel over the... It's 31 here. I put a towel over my windshield oh, the it, other day because I knew that in the morning I was going to have to fly out. And it froze. And it was windshield. funny because it was like solid. I just peeled, peeled it off and it was one piece. It was funny. Oh, that's kind of interesting. But it worked perfect because it, you know, I've done that before. You put cardboard or something on there just to keep it so you could, so you just don't have that, top of that time you have Pull to Pull up your windshield and, wipers. Stick them up near. Hey, I'm going to uh, oh, yeah. talk a little fishing on the flip side in this cold weather. I'm just, I just like talking about fishing. I don't have to, I don't have to go do Be it Be right out there now. doing it. It's too cold, it. We'll talk about that on the flip side, plus all your favorite segments. It is the Outdoor Zone. We are live, I would say, from the bunkhouse, but that wouldn't be entirely true. You get it only one place. It's the Outdoor Zone, live at the bunkhouse, 24-7, 365, theoutdoorzone.com. Welcome back, Regulators. It's the Outdoor Zone Live in the Bunkhouse. Hey, for the best Ram truck month savings without the sticker scam at other dealerships, come see the Nile Maxwell Supercenter. Don't be fooled by some of the dealership advertisements that show you a lower price. Then put surprise aftermarket items on their cars to increase the price of the vehicle. Those are called addendums or dealer add-ons. Aftermarket options are available to you and will never be added prior to the purchase of your vehicle with the aforementioned without the aforementioned con- consent at Nile Maxwell Supercenter. Loads of 2022s are showing up every day, and you can shop our entire lineup of brand new, just off the transport 22, 2022 Rams, Jeeps, Chryslers, and Dodges with all the options at NileMaxwellSupercenter.com. But the best way to see the new inventory before they're gone, go visit them at 620 and 183 in Northwest Austin or online anytime. Nile Maxwell Supercenter. NileMaxwellSupercenter.com. Man, I'll tell you what. In Woo. the fishing world, there is not been a more busy weekend in the tournament bass fishing world for sure as – MLF FLW had a tournament down, I believe, on Lake Okeechobee in Florida. Bassmaster Open started there in Florida this week. And, uh, I mean, there, we've got events on Sam Rayburn, the Brandon uh, Belt. You know who that is, that baseball player, Brandon Belt? <clears throat> no, but I heard it was a gigantic 330 boats or something like Holy that. Moly. He put forth. first place prize for a uh, three-day tournament down here. That's the biggest team tournament prize you can win. A hundred grand for a team tournament you can enter. A team bass fishing tournament. You could almost buy a boat with that. Oh, 
<laughs> First, uh, big bass of the tournament, one fish, the biggest bass of the tournament, a brand new bass cat, and not like a little 18 footer or anything, a 21 foot with a 250, an $80,000 bass cat. Jeez. For big fish, one fish. And I know the He's guy that caught playing it. Baseball? A buddy of mine like, caught it. It's awesome. Like hitting home runs, or what is he doing? So they did a, uh, is he hitting home runs? <laughs> I mean, he Must hit a home run doing a, that non-sports for guy. I'll tell you he, Did he get a goal? Did he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hole in one. That guy hit a hole in one with that bass tournament. I'll tell you that. So uh, he's, I mean, he was raising money for a, you know, a nonprofit and doing all that kind of stuff. They had a, a big banquet and a big party and all kinds really? of activities going on. I mean, it was a huge deal being the first year. It always, you know, people are a little hesitant. I believe, I think if he was able to keep it going, that it would turn into a huge, huge operation, obviously, you know, a hundred thousand dollars for first place. And that, uh, that bass boat for the biggest fish, um, Cody, I mean, what, what do you think motivated, what do you Imagine think motivated him? So I, I, I had heard, and, and I mean, we can talk to him someday, right. uh, get him on the show, but my, uh, I had heard that a big portion of it was he started bass fishing during COVID when they put baseball games on the back burner, all that stuff was, uh, you know, to keep from going into depression he just went to the lake and uh and so it really kind of and i've heard this time and time again a similar story you know the idea came around covid and that time frame to put on this tournament so hmm. he's had the idea um but i've heard that time and time again that how many people got introduced to fishing but then how many people it saved mentally and i'm not saying that this happened to him but uh, I heard it recently on another show about another uh, professional sports guy uh, that it saved bass fishing, saved his sanity during, <laughs> you know, the whole COVID thing and not being able to play. And, you know, your training and your whole livelihood is just put on hold. And it's, that's in so many sectors that we saw. So, so would uh, you fishing, like to see more save their life? Would you huh? like to see more people like him step up and do something like this? Just from the left, well, of course, from, from I mean, left field, he just came in and, you know, right. It's just, yeah. Sponsors no, are normal. That, what was that big bass tournament out there that used to happen? Like sportsman's or something put on by used to be another huge one out there. There's that, a massive tournaments all the time out here, uh, that pay, massive amounts of money uh bass champs does one a one day event for fifty thousand dollars first place out here on rayburn i mean there this is this is the fishing mecca the tournament mecca of texas and texas we are blessed i was listening to a show yesterday we're so blessed and spoiled in texas i was listening to another podcast yesterday on the way here driving to the lake and there was a guy from like, uh, oh, he's from Minnesota. And mm. we, there's a couple really popular uh, anglers. Angler of the year last year was from Minnesota on the Bassmaster Elite Series. 
And it, there's more and more guys coming from Minnesota, so they're having the conversation, you know, what makes a Minnesota angler good? What kind of water is a water do you all have? And, and uh, they were saying that um, he was talking about another angler that had won a couple boats up there, and he's like, we have three opportunities in Minnesota to win bass boats, and this guy's won them twice. And, uh, it's not and I just this. thought, Who I is just thought man, you only have three in your entire state, three opportunities to win a bass boat. Like you got not, three on we a weekend and yeah, right? on the same no, lake. Yeah, no kidding. And, uh, so <clears throat> we don't win. We don't, they don't give away boats as much as they used to, but the cash prizes, you know, it's 20 grand every weekend at bass champs. You know, that's like cray cray. That's just your normal old average tournament. You win 20 grand. So we're just spoiled here uh, <laughs> in the state of Texas, but you can make a full-time living. Never leave the state of Texas if you were a good enough angler to, you know. You know, and I don't know that that's not a bad, that's, that's not a bad idea. Uh, I have. Uh, it's, a ter- it's a terrible idea, kids. No, yeah, no. Don't, so, don't come in on Cody's stuff here. No, no. So No, I'm uh, not saying don't come in on my stuff. I'm saying <laughs> you. You will not make a good living. You will end up in a trailer and lots of debt. Do not, do not become a bass angler. Live I don't be, want to get live behind. Oh, okay. Well, I was talking about, so, you know, there's guys like, uh, Kevin Fowler, uh, you know, very popular Texas music guy, uh, good friend of the show. And, uh, but he's brilliant because he spent years cultivating a Texas fan base and, he makes a great living. He play anywhere in Texas and pack it, pack the house. And, and I think if you really did had your tournament trail, you just cut, well, um, that's kind of what Chad Potts has done with bass champs. He, he put together a Texas tournament trail where you could actually win some money. And, and there he's gets 200 Texas guys following the trail. Yeah. And I mean, it's, Texas is a beautiful place for bass tournaments. I mean, you can literally, and I know guys that literally make their living full-time living from fishing bass tournaments in Texas. I mean, that's what they do. And there's a handful of them out there that do that and that are good enough. And when, you know, you don't have to win a whole lot of hundred thousand dollar tournaments, $50,000 tournaments, $20,000 tournaments, right? But right. you got to be able to win them too. That's the <laughs> you other. You got to be able to fish. Yeah, there's no doubt. You're you're not just fishing against a bunch of. No, you're not just guys. showing up you're, and you get lucky every now and then. Up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's those in in in. They're just smart. You know, they're like, I'm not going to do the travel. I don't care about that. I'm going to do this stuff here, and I know who you're talking about. And they've been doing it for ten or twenty or more years. Yeah, I mean, some of those sticks out there, those guys. They make a living doing. You go this. to Choke Canyon. You go to, yeah, they know. Yeah, these anywhere guys, in Central Texas. Yeah, these guys know know about uh, know what they're doing and and know Texas how to win fishing. tournaments. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and and you're right too that you could be a good fisherman, but if you don't understand the tournament system and how to win a tournament, yeah, yeah, that can go against you. Yeah, I got to figure that part out myself. <laughs> Seconds, thirds, fourths, fifths, and major events. Well, one thing you're not going to uh, have to figure out is Sun Automotive. 
If you ever need your vehicle worked on, repaired, if you need uh, maintenance on that vehicle, Sun Auto Service, family-owned and operated auto repair and maintenance company since 1978. When it comes to auto repair, maintenance needs, brake repairs, transmission services, Sun Automotive sincerely appreciates having the opportunity to serve you at the Sun Auto Service repair shop nearest you. And they got them all around Central Texas. They got it 405 West Slaughter Lane, 1300 Medical Parkway in Cedar Park, 1403 Rivery Boulevard in Georgetown Lakeway, 1206 Ranch Road, 620. Get all the details at sunautoservice.com. All right, coming up next, news of the weird. If it hadn't got weird enough, we talk a lot of bass fishing. I know it gets a little weird. Uh, news of the weird, your armed citizens report, all that and more coming up. Game warden field notes. You get it only one place. It is the Outdoor Zone. We are live in the bunkhouse 24 7, 365 at the outdoorzone.com. Amarillo by morning. Amarillo's on my mind. Hey, this is Jeff Foxworthy, and you're listening to two of my favorite rednecks, TJ and Cody, on the Outdoor Zone. All right, welcome back, regulators. Hey, this is the number one outdoor show on radio and podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms. Share us with your friends, The Outdoor Zone. Love to have you share us with your friends. Hey, the hottest, newest restaurant in Austin, Shore Raw Bar and Grill, serving up coastal, regional coastal cuisine from Texas, Louisiana, and Mexico. They have the coolest selection of oysters, fresh fish, and meats brought in fresh every week, hand-picked by the owners, Rick Wahlberg and Jim Schneider. And they are also bringing back the live music capital of the world. They have uh, incredible uh, brunch uh, jazz ensemble today. Um, after that, tonight, they have Shore Sunday jam sessions. Um, they have Marcus Graff Quartet, Pamela Hart. This week's music lineup is just over the top. You don't want to miss it. A great dinner. Uh, and hey, for the Valentine coming up, we got Valentine's Day coming up. There's still a few reservations available. And oh my goodness gracious, their five course meal is to die for. Anyway, go see our friends. Get that reservation for Valentine's setup. The Shore Raw Bar and Grill. ShoreATX.com for details. ShoreATX.com. Go get your song. All right, now it's time for your news of the weird. Huh? Wild, weird, strange, and crazy things can happen in the outdoors. We seek them out and bring them to you each and every week. It's time for the Outdoor Zone's Outdoor News of the Weird. All right. Hey, uh, so if it's on your bucket list to visit the gates of hell, <laughs> uh, and I know after Cody went to that Mexican food restaurant last night, oh the my gates goodness. of hell are closing in. <laughs> They're yes. opening up more like a it. fiery <laughs> crater has been burning. <laughs> <laughs> Man, a fiery uh, crater that's been burning in Turkmenistan, Turkmenistan's 
Karakam Desert. Since 1971, you'll have to be quick. The gates are closing after more than 50 years as Turkestan's President Gerben Gilling, man, this is. Gerben, would, you, what if you had to write Did you that ever name? read this? Yeah, <laughs> but it doesn't make it any easier. I mean, no. if this guy was in elementary school and he had to write his name out every day, that'd be terrible. You couldn't even fit it in the cor- right hand corner of the paper. But anyway, I would the say President, President G- GB, but yeah, well, the president one of, of our president, Turkmenistan has ordered the government to begin researching how to put out the fire. Put the crater fire. came to light after a Soviet drilling rig accident, accidentally punched into a massive underground natural gas cavern, which caused the ground to collapse and the entire drilling rig to fall in. A pocket of gas caused, caused poisonous fumes to leak at an alarming rate, so the Soviets decided to set the hole alight to ward off the potential environmental catastrophe. So they they were drilling. They punched a hole in this. It was almost like a cave. Yeah, the, it's, an, it's a cavern full of rig, natural gas. And the drilling rig crashed and caved in. So they got this big hole, and this gas is going. And they're like, oh, my god. And gosh. so they're standing there smoking cigarettes going, hey, uh, <laughs> what do we do with the... I don't know. I think maybe what we try to do. One guy flips is, a cigarette yeah, over there. Kaboom. And, goes, <laughs> well, and yes, so be. it is like it is like a uh, <clears throat> like a volcanic, like a volcano. It's this huge hole and it's just flaming pit of red lava and and gas in it. It's 230 what, feet wide. Imagine. I don't know why they want to put it out. They want to put it out and capture that natural gas. It's worth a lot of money these days. <laughs> well, so the 10-day Turkmenistan and the Gates of Hell trip has a capacity of 12 people. So you can have 12 people making for an intimate group that will gain an abundance of knowledge from Atlas Obscure's professional tour guides. Um, prices began at thirty four seventy five, and departures are available from September through November. November, that's so, thirty four hundred dollars. Yes, thirty four hundred and seventy five dollars. You can go tour the gates of hell. I want no part of it. I want to hike nowhere near there. I want. Well, look, they've already made people are going to visit the gates of hell, and it's not going to cost them a nickel. There's, <laughs> There's there's no reason to go and trust these guys to take you in that vicinity when they're the same folks that dropped a drilling rig into a giant flaming hole and had their idea. So something happens to you, you break your ankle. What are they going to do? Oh, we cut your leg off. It'll make it your ankle not hurt. Like their idea was to just set this thing ablaze. Like, I like after the idea. Drilling drilling rig fell in and, like, in, hey, and in the right situation if you were up there and you broke your that leg, wasn't our drilling rig cutting your leg off might be the way to go they were getting rid of liability is what they were doing because they couldn't prove if the drilling rig was set on fire they couldn't prove that it was their drilling rig that fell in this massive so oh, this, so this whole governmental this is a whole hide the hide the russian drilling rig yeah oh what the mine i think it was a nuclear rig. warhead <laughs> I think there's a bunker underneath of it somewhere. 
That's what I think. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. Hey, so when you That's were growing a- up, did you ever have a place like that that you would go? Not that <laughs> extreme, of course, but had a place that you would go where it was kind of like a weird place that you and your your posse would go ride up to and jump in or we used go to go visit a- we used to explore the bios and we'd go up we'd go up into the big uh, concrete uh drainage pipes that would dump into the bio yep and you could just about stand up and walk into them and you could go deep into a man you could go deep into underneath the city of Houston you go way up in there so you live was- basically in the sewer system of Houston for a while, is what you're saying? Um, no, not actually. Now a large portion of the city is covered in those. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but there a is sewer this, system. There is this catacombs of, and you could go down and around, and we 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 get up in there pretty far. Hey, an Asian house gecko was turned over to SPCA after stowing away from China to England in a shipment of musical instruments. Animal rescues in Britain said it was an amazing. It was amazing that a gecko survived the forty-eight hundred mile, three-month journey from China to England in a box of musical instruments. The SPCA said rescuer uh, Clive Hopwood was summoned to a musical instrument importing company in Madstone, Kent, when the staff discovered a small lizard inside a box that was shipped from China. The staff was unpacking the box when the little gecko scuttled out. Hopwood said that the SPCA news release, in the SPCA news release, the box had been part of a shipment that had traveled over from China in a sealed ocean container in October, but the box wasn't unpacked until three months later. The animal, an Asian house gecko, was dubbed Thin Lizard by the SPCA. It's amazing that this little gecko survived such a long journey and such a long time shut inside the sealed package, but they were able to confine him and then called SPCA for help. So it came out coughing. (laughs) Happened in early 2020. The gecko comes out. So, (laughs) and thus is the reason why my mom, known as Georgia Granny, will not accept Amazon boxes shipped from China uh, because of whatever could be a gecko in there. Well, I'll tell you, it's interesting. And and we experienced when we shipped, uh, when we were in Africa, TJ, when you yes. and I came back from Africa and we had to, uh, we paid a third party to help us import our animals that we had harvested in South Africa. Yes. And they went through, they had to be put into and, and all everything of the sort, you know, animals, hides, all that has to be put in fumigation when it reaches the United States. Like they bring it in and fumigate it all in this building. That's and right. part of the process is hiring this third party to help you navigate that paperwork and all that stuff to get your animals out of the fumigation you know, so a, a friend, and a friend of mine. So, so the box comes and it has this weird smell to it, and I don't know how safe it is. I don't know if you're <laughs> supposed to wipe them down or how they do it. But I, I, I wonder. Like, is it like they just 
throw it into this closet, you know, slide your package into a closet and set off one of those raid bombs or how that works. Mm. I mean, I'm sure it's so a friend of mine had uh, bought a furniture, like a bedroom set from Mexico. They went across the border, you know, the big logs that you see, like the big cedar logs, you know, all. And it was, you know, in multiple pieces, they put it together and uh, he noticed that it was driving him crazy at night. He'd be laying there and he'd like this weird noise. And he, they checked out the air. They checked out the uh, everything around their house, and finally figured out that it was coming. There were bo- it was full of boring beetles in the wood. Oh. <laughs> they had to take it all apart. And the exterminator took it to a pressure tank where they uh, put everything in this big, like a kiln, and they pressurize it with that uh, insecticide, and they push it for a week. They just, under high pressure, they put the whole bedroom set, the whole bed, in, uh, and that's how they had to fix it in order to So he saved money by buying this bed set from Mexico that was full of beetles. I would have lit the thing on fire. Well, you know how wives are. done. The girl ladies that buy them, oh, that's the thing I want forever. That's my bedroom set. Yeah, she could have gone to Haverty's and paid twice as much and got an American. That's right. Made Made in China, but brought over to America. All right. Well, speaking of American, ditch the fast talk and the sticker scam and shop our truck month savings at Nile Maxwell GMC, where the prices you see is the price you'll pay. Don't be fooled by some dealership advertisements that show you a lower price and put surprise aftermarket items on their cars to increase the price of their vehicle. Those are called addendums or dealer add-ons. Another term you'll see is market adjustment pricing. Aftermarket options are available to you and will never be added prior to the purchase of your vehicle without the aforementioned consent. Go see our truckloads of 2022 GMC showing up every day during trunk month. You can shop our entire lineup, 2022 GMCs, at Nile Maxwell GMC. But the best way to see our new inventory before they're gone is right here in Round Rock. Go visit our friends at Professional Great Experts who will take first-class care of you. They believe the delivery of your vehicle is just the beginning of the relationship. Exit 256 in Round Rock, Nile Maxwell GMC. Check them out online, nilemaxwellgmc.com. See dealer for details, and they'll beat any competitor's price in Central Texas. Just bring them their deal, and they'll beat it. We are professional grade. All right, coming up next, Game Warden Field Notes. We've got three vessels that are grounded on the beach outside of Oregon. We're going to talk about that. We're going to, you can continue to listen to Grandma. She's making breakfast in the background here at the farm. Cody's out there in East Texas. Going to take a quick break. Uh, Beefsteak, all's well. At we'll the bunkhouse. Right yep. At the bunkhouse. We'll be back right after this. It's the Outdoor Zone live in the bunkhouse. 24 7, 365 at theoutdoorzone.com. This is Michael Waddell with The Bone Collector, and you're listening to TJ, Cody Ryan, and Beefsteak on the number one outdoor radio show, The Outdoor Zone. (laughs) 
All right. Welcome back, folks. Hey, thank you for listening to the Outdoor Zone. Uh, you can catch us on your favorite podcast platform every day of the week, 24-7, 365. Just, uh, just type in the Outdoor Zone and uh, let us know what you think. Share us with your friends. Hey, farmranchstore.com. There's no better way to ensure a successful farm or ranch operation than have safe and well-built equipment that you can rely on for years to come. From handling equipment, ranching equipment, to fencing, feeders, rodeo arenas, we're proud to offer you the top quality products available on the farm and ranch market today. Our suppliers, uh, supplies, products come from the leading manufacturers, Prefert, Powder River, WW Manufacturer, all of them are there right there in one place. I can tell you from being a landowner now and, and, uh, traveling the back roads of Texas and around the country, uh, everybody that has a piece of dirt's got gates, they've got panels, they've got all types of, uh, gear they need for that piece of dirt. And if you got a piece of dirt there, need, there's one place you need to, to know of where you need to go to get your stuff. Uh, and that's farmranchstore.com because farmranchstore.com, well, that's where the landowner goes to get the work done. All right, now it's time for this week's Game Warden Field Notes. These are the stories of the brave and courageous men and women of law enforcement, defenders of the outdoors. These are true Game Warden Field Notes. So, uh, over the last, say, I think it's 10 days, three vessels have grounded on beaches at Cape Hatteras National Seashore. That's in Oregon. Fortunately, all on board of the vessels made it safely to the beach without any reported injuries. Uh, let's see, on Tuesday, a week, a week ago, ten, about 10 days ago, a uh, 55-foot-long vessel named the uh, Vivens Aqua, registered in Maryland, grounded near the south end of Okracoke Island after attempting to navigate the inlet. After several attempts to remove the Vivian Aqua failed, all fuel oil was removed from the vessel. It remains on the beach. <laughs> no attempts to remove it at this point. And then uh, Wednesday, a 35-foot-long vessel named Real Lucky, R-E-E-L, Real Lucky, registered in New Jersey, and a 32-foot vessel named Bite Me, registered in Pennsylvania, both granted on the beach near the north side of the Oregon Inlet. The vis- vessels reportedly bumped into each other a few, a few times during the grounding incident. Um, all three of the boats at the time of this reporting were still there and they were trying to figure out how to get them out of there but my and and so i saw this and i thought and these are nice boats these are big boats and I, with the navigation equipment that is on boats today I, i'm wondering how in the world do you ground a 35 foot boat in 
water today. And I, I mean, they have every kind of scientific uh electronics that you could imagine how do they not well na- how do they navigate this and get grounded three of them in a week yeah that it must be something going on there you know when we were down at the coast um at galveston bay and we went fishing in the dark and uh figured out that there's channels <laughs> and uh, you have to stay in the channels hmm Interesting, right? Yeah, but that's completely different. Yeah, I mean, but it moves around just, a little bit, you know? You guys were just uh, bum chuck, chucking around. I mean, these are got these are, these no, are wait, bum chucking. What? Yeah. Did you have, did you, you didn't even know we the area? No. And no, we didn't even have a map. So, and you, did you have any of the radar or the depth finders or any of that stuff that these guys have? No. None of none of that stuff. In fact, yeah, I so, I downloaded I that iBoat iMap app afterwards, which is actually pretty good, um, and uh, it works on the phone, and you can download. It. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, iBoating. Of course. Okay. And and there's a lot of there's a lot of GPS programs like that. I mean, I know on Cody's boat, he's got these incredible electronics that pretty much pinpoint you when you're going from one spot to another there it's pretty close on how you're how you get from point a to point b and to stay on the channel and so uh, do you think these guys are actually piloting their own boats if it's a 55 foot boat do you think 35 foot yeah they're i'm absolutely 55 35 32 they don't have a guy that they've hired or somebody that watches well, and skippers over it. it. Regardless, shouldn't they have somebody that knows how to navigate? That is an expensive boat. These were not these were not little pongas from, you know, the south shore of Cancun. These were really nice boats. And I just oh. don't understand it when I see the electronics that Cody has on his boat and some well, of the, the mapping other stuff. systems. The mapping yeah. systems tell you exactly the topography of everything around you. And but don't some where, channels change in a uh, inlet like that? Don't they move around a little bit? I think when you do have floods and things like that, that stuff can change. But the the electronics, like you said, the electronics and the mapping systems are, man, they ought to be good enough to keep you off the, off when the you're ground. talking about a half a million or a million or a million and a half dollar boat. I don't know whoever the captain was. He, he was on that 55 and he got grounded and he went, well, I got to get a job somewhere. <laughs> got on 35 grounded that one. I was like, oh, I can say man, though, man. that back in college, uh-oh. I did have, I and, and I'm not naming names or anybody, but uh, I had a buddy that was a good friend of mine that his family owned a, a group of boat dealerships. One of them was a yacht dealership. And one spring break during college, we took out one of the yachts. We were going to take it from one area just down the intercoastal in Texas to um, another, <laughs> another area 
and Mexico. park it and have, you know, have lunch and then drive it back. Like that's what we were doing one day just for fun. I mean, who gets to take out a yacht in college, you know? And so we were navigating the intercoastal, which is basically a highway for boats on our Texas coast, you know, that protects it from waves and all that kind of stuff. And we got a little bit too far to one side and the boat got real slow and then stopped. <laughs> and we had beached on one side of the intercoastal on some sand. We'd beached the yacht and we didn't want to mess up. I mean, these, the propellers on this yacht were like $8,000 a piece or something crazy. And we didn't want to mess anything up. So being that it was spring break and the water was somewhat warm, we uh, elected to jump in to our waist and we rocked and pushed on this yacht to get off the sand. Uh, you know, for a good 30 minutes, we pushed and shook and shimmied this yacht off the sand so we wouldn't have any marks, scratches, mess up the prop, anything like that in our uh, skivvies during college. Probably never told you that, Dad, but it was a no, fun adventure I, and something we laugh about to this day. I was wondering about that, uh, whether you were going to say, and so we jumped off and swam away, and we just said, <laughs> we just hey, left it. Beach. where'd that boat go? <laughs> oh, that that million-dollar yacht, you never knew that it had been beached in That's the intercoastal of the Texas coast. By Nobody two, ever knew. By two young guys in their skivvies. That's right. Now there's somebody... Now it's now it's stuck on the on the seaside inlet of uh, uh, up in Oregon somewhere. And yeah, probably. Doggone. Well, I don't know how it happens, but you would think. And uh, it I, can happen. I'm, I'm no captain, but three of them in a row, uh, three million dollar boats in a row. Hmm. There's something going on. You know on when there. when we got stuck in uh, Galveston Bay. You guys said, don't feel so bad. We've done this before where you go into a bay when it's up and then the tide goes out and you're, you're, uh oh, we're stuck. And you got to just yep. wait till the tide comes back in and pushes the boat back up again. That's right. But if you are a captain and you're paying attention, you would know that. Uh, now, all I'm yeah, saying. I don't all right. Know. Hey, coming up know. on the flip side, we're going to talk about uh, some feral cattle. That they're wanting to shoot. And Sign me some, up. And there's a brand new bounty out for feral hogs in uh, Central Texas. We'll talk about that. This is the place where you can you can make some money on the side. You can go get you some feral cattle, fill up that freezer. This is where it happens right here. We'll give you that information on the flip side. It's the Outdoor Zone. We're live in the bunkhouse all over the country. We're in Grandma's Kitchen. We're at the motel in East Texas, and we're at the bunkhouse. Oh, you yeah. just get it. You get it from all over the place. We're live. It's the Outdoor Zone. Uh, follow us 24-7 at theoutdoorzone.com. <laughs> 